to Book It, a book podcast, a podcast about books where we read them, we talk about them, and we don't get any personal pan pizzas as a reward yet. I'm your host, Sarah Hunt. And I'm Chrissy Wilson. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back from Hollywood with love. And now we're in a different part of Hollywood. In a different time. In a way different fucking time. We're on Sunset Boulevard in the 60s. Welcome. And yeah, we're a lot of places. Drive up, but, pants optional. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so anyway, we hope that you have been enjoying your new year, sticking with no resolutions. None. You're perfect just the way that you are. Um, I mean, yeah, we could all use a little uh, improvements, but I mean, you know, that's fine. No, it's fine. It's I mean, you can, you you can, but you can't. There are bigger yeah. problems in the world. Just yeah. Go you can it. always have too much of something, but you can never have, like, you can never, like, want something enough if you don't get that much of it. So if you don't indulge yourself in misery, <laughs> whenever it happens, you can truly appreciate it. I think that that's what's, what the message is. So just yeah, don't it, always make yourself miserable. Lighten up on yourself a little bit. Treat yourself to misery. <laughs> <laughs> indulge. Have a... Have a, a sporadic indulgence and a little yeah. misery. Throw yourself a little tantrum every once in a while. Yeah. Put it on the calendar. Like a dessert. <laughs> ooh, yes, like a dessert. You're like, ooh, I'm going to, today's a cheat day. I'm going <laughs> to cry all day. <laughs> you can't just do it all the time. Okay. So um, when last we convened, we read the book From Hollywood with Love by Scott Meslow. And overall, we thought it was great background noise. We love Hugh Grant. Um, just a little bit more, every single thing that we learn about him, speaking of negative energies in his freak show era. I love him. Mr. Mr. Hugh Grant. <laughs> he has the negative energy and he will spread it to you. You know what? If that is your New Year's resolution, I will support that. If you yeah, are intending that. on spreading negative energy, go for it, babe. I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. We love you. Um, <laughs> and then this week we read the book I'm With the Band by Pamela DeBar. Um, and I think... Chrissy, I think next week we have to we have to confront we have to confront a favorite. We're gonna indulge ourselves a little bit next week because I, of you know what, what we've been I reading. I feel like we deserve it. We do. So, gentle listeners, we are going to all reward ourselves with Twilight, uh, the first book next week. Right? We're just gonna do the first book, and then we'll do another book another time down the road and visit the Goosebumps fandoms and all that stuff. So, don't worry about it. I love very few things as much as I love Twilight. So I oh, yeah. I am in and I haven't reread that book in quite some time. So it no. should be equally as entertaining as this diary of a 16-year-old girl. Oh my god. Okay, yeah. That's a this is a different diary from a different 16-year-old girl. A way <laughs> different 16-year-old girl. She's a little different. A little bit different. And I will say Bella Swan might be weirder than Pamela Debar. I will <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> I think they both may have fucked vampires, though. I'm pretty sure. Absolutely. Yes, 100%. (laughs) I I think it's happened. Yeah, it's absolutely happened. Um, So this is I'm With the Band by Pamela DeBar. Um, Again, I listened to the audiobook version. It is narrated by Pamela DeBar. The length is about 11 hours and 9 minutes. Um, And she has also written Let's Spend the Night Together and Take Another Little Piece of My Heart. Chrissy, I would like to say I don't want to read either of those. I'm good. Okay. Um, 
I got I got what I needed. I feel like we're at a We understood. We're at a healthy understanding of everything yeah. that happened. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Um but the uh oh, I don't know when the original publication of this book was. Like when it first came out, I want to say it was the 80s. It started being published as I th- I think um like Almost as like essays in the, in the paper where they're they yeah. publishing her diary. Um, yeah, because this was the, the audio book was released in I think it says 2011. There were there were multiple iterations because the audio book. If you listen to the audio book, um, which we always do because yeah, it's reading. Um, if you listen to the audio book, there are additions and chapters that she adds on as different iterations of this book came through. Like the the last chapter, she did an update for like the first reprint in like 2011 or whatever it was and then she did another chapter in 2018 which honestly those are kind of depressing because when she gets to yeah. like those updates it's like hey everyone here's who's dead and then- <laughs> yeah oh my god it's like the obituary column i was like damn pam god this is yeah. terrible yeah this is gonna bum me out it's like talking to my grandparents they're always like well one of my friends died i'm like oh boy oh man Sorry so nothing else that. this weekend, huh? No, got it. <laughs> Dodged a bullet, huh, Gramps? Like, it's like, geez. <sighs> but, like, those are the only updates that you have. Um, okay, so, Chrissy, I'm sure that you will agree with me. Um, really, the description and kind of, like, the Goodreads summary, we don't really need to go through this no. book painstaking. There's just a couple of things um, I think that we definitely really want to touch on. But otherwise, I feel like it was... If you're into this sort of stuff, it's very interesting. If you're, like, interested in the 60s and, like, the groupies um, and how people were, like, you know, following around rock bands and stuff like that from in that era. Yes. If you're very interested in that, this is a cool little glimpse inside of the... It's it's effectively, you know, her firsthand diary which is impressive that she kept because I whatever no kidding um, I think I've thrown out a, every one of my diary entries it's a firsthand diary throughout her experience uh, in her late teens um, through uh, mid 20s mid to late 20s yep. of her encounters on the scene where she was a, a proud this isn't this isn't being anything negative. No, 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 She's no, no. Very proud to be a groupie, and yes. she describes that as someone who loves music, loves the bands, and wants to be with them or near them in any capacity. Yes, and she is on record on a podcast saying that she has reclaimed the word groupie, and she sees it as a positive thing. She does not seem to be embarrassed by it. And I say, Pam, good for you. Congratulations. Congratulations. Okay, so the Amazon description. The stylishly exuberant and remarkably sweet confession of one of the most famous groupies in the 1960s and 70s is back in this new edition that includes an afterword on the author's last 15 years of adventures. As soon as she graduated from high school, Pamela DeBar headed for the Sunset Strip, where she knocked on rock stars' backstage doors and immersed herself in the drugs, danger, and ecstasy of the freewheeling 1960s. Over the next 10 years, she had affairs with Mick Jagger, Jimmy Page, Keith Moon, Waylon Jennings, Chris Hillman, Noel Redding, and Jim Morrison, among others. She traveled with Led Zeppelin, lived in sin with Don Johnson, turned down a date with Elvis Presley, and was close friends with Robert Plant, Graham Parsons, Ray Davies, and Frank Zappa. As a member of the GTOs, a girl group masterminded by Frank Zappa, she was in the thick of the most revolutionary renaissance in the history of modern popular music. 
Warm, witty, and sexy, this kiss and tell all stands out as the perfect chronicle of one of rock and roll's most thrilling eras. And I would say that that is a good um, synopsis of kind of what happened, and that's what you can expect. I mean, obviously that's written a little bit more as a marketing thing, just because it's talking about in this new edition, and it's got some more buzzwords. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty accurate. That's that's what it is, um, with a, you know, splash of um, sexual, sexual exploitation of children. Um, yeah, you know, no, some, yeah, yeah. You know, just a, like a couple of doses of racism, you know, whatever, whatever you need. This is and the 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 child exploitation, I will say, is one of those things where I do not accept no. <laughs> that was just the time no, because no. the stories that she tells in this book, I'm like, Hey, Pam, at least put on there, like, <laughs> I can't fucking believe that we did this and we thought yeah. that this was okay. Can you just, just at least say, say that? that. Just, just humor me. That. Humor me that you can't fucking believe that you, uh, like, watch that stuff and, like, let it go on. Just I just need to hear that you, that you get it. Otherwise, yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, Pam, I just, I just need you to say it. I just need you to say that you shouldn't have called a 13-year-old girl a nymphette and should yeah. have referred to her as a 13-year-old child, and you yes. know that. Just say that. Yeah, we and would love cool. for you to say that. And if you said that you saw these people doing these things, these 13-year-olds, and you were like, nobody was turned on by it, why were we not <laughs> stopping it? That's a great thank you for that clarification, Pam. Yeah. But... Yeah. What would have been way more awesome is if you said, so we were all like, what's going on? None of us want to see this because they're children. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, come on, like, let's let's get it together. Yeah, Just uh, retrospectively look back and be like, that was really fucked up. Yeah, probably not my finest moment. Definitely should have said something. (laughs) Definitely should have said something. Okay. so um, we can go to our review corner if you want. Yeah. All right, I will let you go first with the reviews today um, because I think I went first last time. So what do you got, Chrissy? Well, I'm going to show you a share with you a one-star review off of Google first. Okay. Um, and it starts off with, and why I think this one is particularly funny, I will elaborate on. Um, one star, don't waste your money. Just a gold digger prostitute, really not worth reading. Would rather have spent the money on a dictionary to read. Couldn't even finish it. She would have blown Big Bird if it would have made her famous. And (laughs) which Amazon customer didn't put their name on that, which I mean, if you're you're going to be that bold, say something. My favorite part of this is they call her a gold digger and... Her father, by trade, was a literal gold digger. His actual job. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like this is, it's almost nepotism, basically. Yeah. She had to become a gold digger. Just what else? following in the family footsteps. Yes, this is, this is, uh, this is the legacy. <laughs> and, and then, and then a, uh, a five-star review from um, the Avalon Vowels. Um, five stars, the Bible. So oh. if... If you are planning on following in the footsteps of the Pamela Debar, um, Avalon would like you to read this book. This is your blueprint. 
<laughs> this is it. A step-by-step manual. Yes, this is a step-by-step instruction. Okay. Um, my favorite one is five stars from goodreads.com. And it says, five stars, her description of Paul McCartney's balls is priceless. <laughs> I love you, Genevieve. I love you. Cause Why? That, I couldn't stop thinking about that in the beginning. So we're kind of introduced to who Pam is. And again, like I kind of did, um, okay, so I did a, uh, a look into Miss Pamela. Okay, so she's Pamela Debar. Um, she was more colloquial known, colloquially known in the 60s and 70s as Miss Pamela. And she kind of, you know, went in and out of that as a nomenclature for herself. And at that point, she was Pamela Miller. Mm-hmm. She became Pamela DeBar later. That is a married name. So yes. So she's Pamela, Miss Pamela Miller. Pamela Ann Miller on September 9th, 1948. And she is she defines herself as a former rock and roll groupie, author and magazine writer. Uh, she was born in Reseda, California. Her mom was a housewife and her father worked for Anheuser-Busch and occasionally worked as a gold miner, as Chrissy said. See? Gold digger. We don't fucking lie on this podcast. <laughs> we may confuse some things, but we do not lie. Okay. Um, she idolized the Beatles and Elvis Presley as a child. I don't know if I would say idolized the Beatles. Um, um, I wouldn't. Fr- frothed? I'm, yeah. Obsessed over? That's a lot of words that I would say, but not not I wouldn't, I wouldn't idolized. idolized. No. 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 And she fantasized about meeting and dating her favorite Beatle, Paul McCartney. That's a nice way to put it. A high school acquaintance introduced Pamela to Don Van Villette, better known as Captain Beefheart, a musician <laughs> and friend of Frank Zappa. Villette in turn, um, or Villette, sorry, Villette in turn introduced her to Charlie Watts and Bill Wyman of the Rolling Stones, which drew her to the rock music scene on the Sunset Strip in Los Angeles. Um, and this is what this is what Pam is writing about herself on her author description on Goodreads. Uh, she started to spend her time with the Birds and other bands. And when she graduated from high school in 1966, she took various jobs that would allow her to live near the Sunset Strip and pursue relationships with rock musicians. She famously paired up with Nick St. Nicholas, Mick Jagger, Keith Moon, Jim Morrison, Jimmy Page, Chris Hillman, Noel Redding, Jimi Hendrix, Waylon Jennings, Ray Davies, David, David Gilmore, Frank Zappa, and actor Don Johnson. Um, she was also a member of the GTOs, an all-girl singing group formed by Zappa. And the group started out as the Laurel Canyon Ballet Company and began performing as an opening act for Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. Um, the group's act was performance art, a mix of music and spoken word, 60s, since none of its members could sing or play an instrument. Um, they released an album in 1969, and they kind of dissolved um, as a group because yeah, they, um, drugs. Yeah, they... Uh, I think more than half of them met a very sad demise very early. Yes. Um, things didn't go so well. Uh, no. No. So I think they they were, no. did they last like two years, a year and a half? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. In the 70s, Debard uh, decided to pursue a career as an actress, and she acted in a few movies, including uh, 200 Motels from, from Zappa. Um, commercials and a year acting on the soap opera Search for Tomorrow in 1974. Um, and then after she didn't want to act anymore or she wasn't good at it, um, she went to work as a nanny for Frank Zappa's children, Dweezil and Moon Unit. Several That's times. Hol- hilarious, that 
his child's name is that. Um, she married Michael DeBar in 1977, who had been the lead singer for the first band signed to Led Zeppelin's swan song label, Detective, Silverhead, and briefly, The Power Station. They have a child. Um, he was born in 1978, and then Pam and her husband Michael divorced in 1991 due to Michael's infidelities, which I found interesting. Um not and I'm not saying anything. I'm like Pam is very much into free love, but like she also kind of respected that like so so, so in the beginning of the book she's obsessed with Paul McCartney. She's yes. reading you her diaries from when she's a kid. She's obsessed with Paul McCartney, but she like respects the presence of Paul McCartney's girlfriend. But it's almost mm-hmm. like if only Paul you know, she doesn't like her, but she's like she's not like She's like, oh, he's with his girlfriend. Like, you, it's more like a kid, like not like that. She like, oh, it's cool. He can just fuck me and like whatever. It's like sh- he should leave his girlfriend for me. So she respects the sanctity of the yes monogamy. She, but she referred to his dick as the eighth wonder of the world at yeah. some point. I think it was in the same section of when she was was she drawing his balls. What was the art project she did with his balls? I thought she was just staring at his balls. No, there was like she like drew his balls for an art project or something and then brought Pamela. It. Yeah. Um I am so the- sad that I don't remember this part of the book cuz I just cuz she so she has this picture of Paul and he's sitting on the ground and she's like and he's got his legs up and they're kind of spread a little bit and she's like you can see the shape of his oh. balls. And I'm like I've never once thought about the shape of anybody's balls. I still don't think about it and it was just like such an odd place that I can't like my brain it was a brain chemistry altering moment. Like I've just I realized was, I've never thought about it. It was Mick Jagger's balls that she Oh, tur- okay. Yeah, she yeah, turned, yeah. She turned in she watercolored Mick Jagger's balls and turned them in as an art project. Not so I stand corrected on that. So she yeah. she had a fascination with balls. I will say that yeah. out of all of the things I've ever read and I will tell you that I have read some very um very questionable picks off of spicy book talk pamela is by far the horniest of the horny people she's that so I- horny <laughs> she is she she is the horniest gal around she is so horny but that's why it's so funny that you're upset that your husband is cheating on you like because pam <laughs> pam really seems like she has okay pamela seems like she has a lot of love to give Okay. She does. She has a lot of love. Like, she loves hard. She loves Paul McCartney. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. And then all of a sudden, she doesn't love him anymore. But she does love somebody else. And it's fucking just as hard. But she's still paying respect to herself for having a weird thing with Paul McCartney in her brain. But, like, okay. Pamela says in this podcast interview that she is the first nobody to write a memoir. Okay, so she's like, quote unquote, nobody. Not that she is a nobody. She just is not a famous person. So like, it's like, oh, who? what are your memoirs? Like, Chrissy, you'd be like me and you writing a memoir. Like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I fucking know you. And you're like, no, 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 just read my manifestos. No, no, it's fine. It'll be great. It'll be great. Yeah. Just read the manifesto. Turn to the page about why waffle fries are great and everybody's <laughs> fucking up. It's like, all right, Sarah, you fucking lunatic. But mine would all be... A, it. It'll my be amazing. Me- my memoirs would be like my love affairs with potatoes. Like I had this one with gorgonzola cheese dip and it was fucking good, man. Yeah, you have had lots of potato affairs. Yeah. Well, because they're good. Yeah. Um, okay. So she calls herself a nobody. But Chrissy, I wanted to tell you that we should be more mad at Gene Simmons. <clears throat> Why? 
Well, because Gene Simmons is the reason why it's called Confessions of a Groupie. It's I'm with the band Confessions of a Groupie. Yeah. Instead of, because she wanted to call it I'm with the band Memoirs of a Groupie, oh. which I think would have been a better title That is a better for title. The book, because these are her memoirs, because she doesn't really confess to anything except for being like a lunatic, crazy person in love with these people, unrequited love. And she's like, oh, if only they could see me. And it's like, wow. Yeah, she's done done quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so I feel, but I think I feel memoirs like memoir a, is a better title for sure. It's a better, because that would, that would explain to me more because I kept waiting for the tea. But instead I was like, you're just telling me cool stories about Keith Moon. Who there are several. I I have I am a Keith Moon fan. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He is top tier. Yeah, love him. This this book has really opened my eyes to a couple of things. Okay, so I I can't look at Jimmy Page right now. Mm. I can't look at him, and not for anything that he did necessarily. It's just what he elicited happening. I yes. was like, oh, Jimmy, I have to take a break from looking at you. And it's not that I look, him, I look at him very much, but like, I do love Keith Moon a lot. Keith, Keith Moon was a tortured soul um, that yeah. was genuinely fucking hilarious. And I um, loved reading about the behind the scenes stuff about him. Oh, yeah. But I feel like when you and I picked this book, we saw Confessions of a, a, a Groupie. Or confessions of a yeah, confessions of a groupie, and we were like, "Fuck yes!" Like yes. we're gonna get we're gonna get the tea. And instead, it was just like, "No, these are just this is a woman reading her diary from when she was a kid." It, it is reading her diary from when she was a kid um, into her you know early to mid to late later twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people that she and she doesn't she doesn't say like anything bad about literally fucking anyone except no, for she except she for some says, of the girlfriends she did she does refer to and this is like where you're like she respect she referred to Paul McCartney's girlfriend as pig face yeah so, she like, was definitely pig face she was not nice but like she respected that he had a girlfriend yes and she it called was her, like she called yeah. her pig face and I was like what and I like googled this girl is Jane Asher and I'm like oh she's cute like she was cute yeah. she just they just called her pig face because they hated her um, yeah she's a pig face <laughs> you're with my man <laughs> you got it yeah not pig face yeah so she she at least respected like oh if only he could see me then he would want to break up with his girlfriend and then be with me and be my boyfriend like yeah, that's what that was what her but she didn't say anything bad about anyone there's nothing no, bad no, about no, no, no. about Paul, there's nothing bad in here about Paul McCartney there's nothing and even when when she's reading the and the way that she read it so i think if you read it um as an an actual book um uh, either you know paperback hardcover or you know Kindle whatever you know whatever you have um if you read it as an actual book, you may read it in a different voice. The audio, yes. though, it's there is there is no ill will of anything no. she's saying. So she'll she'll make a comment about Jimmy Page, like leaving a party and going off with a thirteen year old, and it's not even like it's not even done in like an aggressive way. She's just very light about it, which which I found disturbing. But yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but she's not doing anything in in like a negative light. No. There are some people that she paints. Um, a little bit better like somebody like Robert Plant um, is basically like there's there he according to this book Robert Plant is like a, a an angelic creature um, yes a wonderful human the same with somebody like Graham Parsons like they she yep. she loves these people um, and I think she loves everyone but there are people that she 
probably has never had a bad thought about. Yeah, she's truly like 1960s, like love child, like, yes. you know, free spirit. Like she is, I, I got to give it to her. She is a beautiful person. You know what I mean? Like she is just like she loves everybody. Like she, and even like what you just said is that she never has anything mean to say. And we're listening to her, a 70 year old woman, reading us her diary. And she doesn't even have, like, when she's reading it, she has no bitterness about anything. None. Like, she's, when she's reading it and telling you about Jim Morrison and how beautiful he is and, like, all of this stuff, like, you're, like, hearing her as a 16-year-old. Like, she is she is that person again telling it to you. Like, she's, like, he was so beautiful and, like, blah, And you're, like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, I'm looking at him right now. He's gorgeous. We're going to go get hot dogs later. Me and, me and Jim. Me and Jimbo. Yes. He's going to steal my drugs, which I think he absolutely <laughs> stole those drugs. I was like, Jim, oh, the, the please. the drugs in the bush? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Triumar or sure. whatever. I was like, oh, please, Jim. You, Jim, you know, Jim, I don't you do that. This is just an that. act. Like, you, you did it. Yeah. Like, listen, Mr. He absolutely, 27 Club, you absolutely went and got that He absolutely shit. ran back and got that shit. He dropped, he dropped you off, Pam, and he was like, run, run, run in like, the bush. Where's that Triumar? You don't do drugs. I want the whole thing to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then convenient, he threw it, and then it's gone. Like, it's like, okay, yeah. sir, this give is, me a break. This is from, there's a part in, in here where she tells her encounter with Jim Morrison um, from The Doors, who is uh, historically one of the most attractive leading men of all time, that she kind of- God, I love him. Went after and, and was uh, excited about. But somebody had given her Trimar, which was something that they gave to women who were in labor- um, yep. to like huff before they pushed out a baby. So she had that and they were like huffing it together. And after huff, like, huffing it for hours and hours, he's like, he gave her like a lecture on not doing drugs and then threw the bottle of Trimar in the bushes um, as like a symbol of giving up on drugs, dropped her off at home. And then she went back to go get the Trimar and it was gone. And she's convinced that Jim went back for it. Well, he absolutely did. For sure. Yeah, he absolutely did. That, there, if there's one thing that I believe, like, okay, the sun rises in the morning, Jim Morrison went back and got that Trimar, <laughs> and the sun sets, you know what I mean? Like, those are three things that I can rely on every day. Um, so, this, okay, so the way that I can describe Miss Pamela mm-hmm. is she is like your cool aunt that always wants to smoke weed with you. <laughs> Like, she wants this bad. Like, she's like, hey, like, do you have any pot or reefer? Like, she's going to absolutely ask you that. And you're going to be like, all right, miss, let's go, Aunt Pam. Like, you're like, (laughs) fucking smoking weed again. All right, it's Aunt Pam again. Let's go. Let's do it. Like, when you you rock up to the party, like, at first it was cool. She's like, let's smoke pot together. And you're like, yeah, all right. Right. And then at 17, you're like, she always wants to do this with me. It's so annoying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's she's definitely wants to do it more than you do. Yeah. 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 And that's fine. Because that's, again, that's Miss Pamela. We love her. Um, I just love that she is so unapologetically herself. Now, I herself in the later years is um, a little... Annoying, but <laughs> the well, it depends on when you're looking at it. I don't know the so like the earlier times. So like reading through the earlier stuff, some of the things that I noticed is that she was obsessed 
with how small her boobs were. And she talks about her tiny titties constantly and everything she did to try and stuff them. And um, I don't, I mean, who needs tits? Like, just chop them off. You don't need a babe. And also, she was a manifesting queen. And her rituals that she did, do you remember this part where she had these rituals that she would do every night? Or she... If she didn't do them and finish them, she'd never meet Paul McCartney. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love it. It's so weird. It was incredible. I wrote them down because I was like, this this is insane. So this was part of her diary, and she had four rituals that she did every night um, where she'd never meet Paul. Okay? So one, write, I love Paul on the top of her diary. Two, listen to a Beatles record before bed, and she had to start over if the dog barked. Three, yeah. put a sweet tart under her tongue and then let it dissolve because that sweetness was I don't a symbolic of, I don't know, kissing Paul McCartney. And then my all-time favorite thing in the whole entire world was to write Paul's name down every time she farted. Do I know why? Do no, I know why? we never know. I, I will never know why she wrote down Paul's name every time she farted, but I feel like I want to do that. But I would do it as more of like a curse than like a manifestation. Like, is oh, there yeah. somebody that you're like, I want to fucking curse them. I'm going to write their name down every time I fart. <laughs> and that's how they're going to exist forever. I feel like I have a long list of those people. Oh, my who's, God. Oh, my God. A who's, fart curse. Who's on your fart curse list? You got one. I know you got one. I have one. I have one. <laughs> Let's fart curse everyone. I think I think I'm gonna do that. Like you know, like when you were like a, like a kid or whatever, like you'd fart and people would be like safety. You, no, <laughs> fart and then say the name of somebody you want to curse forever. Because okay. I feel like I got one in the cannon at all times, so I feel like I should be able to curse everyone with a fart. Okay, I love this. We can make it our slutty fart blast list because <laughs> we're gonna fart blast them because we're technically cursing them. So if you did not listen to our episode, The Hitchhiker's oh. Guide to the Galaxy. Where one of the the characters, I still, I will not know their name. And if I say he's slutty fart blast, you know exactly who the he fuck is. I'm talking about. So that'll be our slutty fart blast list. And this is going to be good. <laughs> I'm so excited about this for us, Chrissy. It's We're going to be blasting so many people with farts. I want, Sarah, I want you to write a Goosebumps book called Curse of the Slutty Fart Blast. <gasps> oh, my God. Why is it so beautiful? <laughs> The Curse of the Slutty Fart Blast? No, I'll make it one of my Frankie series. It'll be an animated My Dog Frankie, and she'll be... We can get her in on it. She farts a lot, right? Oh, super, and she wakes herself up with them. It's hilarious. I'm yeah. like, what's wrong with you? I, I feel like we should be able to... Yeah. Yeah, we got fart this. Curse. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna make a we're gonna make a goosebumps of this the curse of the slutty fart blast. <laughs> it's like a burn book. It's like Mean farts. Girls Burn Book. But with farts. And I fucking love it so much more now. God, that's so awesome. Because, um, so I'm in like a weird old yearbook um, obsession right now. Like I just want to look at like people's your, yearbooks. Your old yearbooks or other people's? Oh, other people's. I found We found this one from this um, vintage store the other day. It's from 1946. Oh, you and pictures so, from that store. Yeah. And then, yes, yes, yes. The, the cursed Abraham Lincoln yes. thing. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's from that store. Um, and we figured out who we figured out whose book it was based on who everybody was addressing it to. And we like solved a couple of inside jokes within it was from 1946. So we solved a bunch of inside jokes, which was fun. And then we looked her up like on Ancestry.com and like newspapers dot org or whatever. And like, I know who she is. I bought some of her poetry books. I love her. 
So anyway, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm doing that. I'm looking at weird yearbooks. So I think. That's a hobby. I think, think, yeah. I think what I can do is maybe I can retroactively curse people with farts from the old yearbooks. That's a great idea. Yeah. No, I should just really get a life. That's really what I'm thinking with myself. No, but real, real life is absolutely terrible. I think no, it is terrible. You're right. Fart, activate the fart curse. Yeah, we're going to activate the fart curses here. But So in the beginning of the book, we find I, I would like to know more about her parents because she's kind of obsessed with that she's shaving her legs and she's like, I'm doing all this stuff like at 14, 15 years old. And she's very like interested in being with musicians. Yeah, like she her, just wants to be around them. Her, she said her dad was gone a lot because he was gold digging um, yeah. when he wasn't working for Anheuser-Busch. And when I think when he worked for Anheuser-Busch, he worked overnights. I, I don't um, – but her, she she does have a very, like, loving relationship with her parents. Um, and yeah. It seemed, I mean, she every time she talks about her dad, she calls him her sweet daddy um, and then her sweet mom. Um, her mom seemed very accepting of her. And yeah. there's never any mention of anything bad about either parent. No. And she, like, I would just like to know more about what they, because I'm very interested in that time. I, I just finished watching yeah. Mad Men, um, and they have some stuff about the um, the groupies at one point when Don and Harry go to the Stones concert. And those girls are trying to get backstage and all that yes. stuff. Like, So they do have, like, a little bit of a, a, a hat tip to the groupie generation and now I'm wondering if they consulted Miss Pamela because I didn't know this but apparently we are very friends we are very mad at Cameron Crowe the director of Almost Famous because that the movie Almost Famous um I think is isn't Kate Hudson's character based yes. on her Penny. yes so Kate Hudson's character in Almost Famous is based on Miss Pamela and Miss Pamela was not consulted. She did not receive a credit or anything like that. And I was like, hmm. It's kind of sad, hmm. too. And she, and she talks about it in an upsetting way because it's based on her and people affiliated with her. But there's, the if you've not seen this, I'm very sorry for a spoiler of a 30-year-old Yeah, spoiler. Movie. But um, there's a part yeah, get it in together. it where Kate Hudson attempts suicide um, or has the su- a suicidal thought. Um, and she's like, I would have never considered killing myself over a rock boy. No, 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 never. Miss Pamela was like, no, not me. That would not be me. Miss Pamela was fall hard, fall fast, move on. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, move on. You're dead to me. <laughs> like, that's fine. Next. Like, she was very, like, she okay, was thank you I'll next be before. I'll with somebody else. Goodbye. Yeah, she was very, like, thank you next way before Miss Ariana. So I was like, okay, like, let's let's give a nod to Pamela on the almost famous uh, movie. So I think... Mr. Cameron Crowe, you owe Miss Pamela a phone call. Yeah. She has a YouTube channel, so you you know, you can comment on her YouTube channel and maybe she'll get in touch with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, Chrissy. I was watching her fucking YouTube channel before we started recording today. You're watching her YouTube channel? I listened I listened to um her podcast today. What was what was the highlight of the YouTube channel? Oh, the highlight of the YouTube channel. So she shows us, she she kind of goes into, like, she's showing us all of her, like, clothes that she collects, right? And, like, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, these aren't your outfits from, like, when you were a groupie or anything like that. Like, these are thrift store finds that you're finding right now. And I'm like, I don't care about these. Like, show me the clothes. And then you get to see all of her costume jewelry and stuff like that. But Chrissy. Yes. 
There is a hot tip and trick. And? On YouTube that Miss Pamela DeBar does do. And I think maybe we should all watch it. Um, <clears throat> there, is a, there is a Valentine's Day episode where she talks about how to give a blowjob. To Big Bird? No. <laughs> no! What What do you mean? What are you talking about? What kind about? of a rock star do you want, Pam? <laughs> Who's more of a rock star than Did, Big Bird? I don't know. Everybody she, knows him. She seemed more like a like a, an Oscar the Grouch fan. So I, yeah. I mean. She what, likes him tortured. She does. She likes a tortured, a cranky soul. Yeah. What What do you mean? Is it, is it like she just talks about it or is there a tutorial? Are there? No, what it's it, a tutorial. It's complete with make sure that it, it's peppered in a lot of like text over that says consent is key. There's like a graphic card that comes up that's like. You make sure that you're in a in a consensual, uh, you know, whatever. Like it's like you you do not have to do this. I did not watch all of it because it was almost time to um, um, record, and I wanted to. I didn't one. I didn't want to be late and disrespect your time. And then two, um, I thought maybe we could watch it later together and text each other about it. <laughs> I I feel like this is going to be a, another traumatic experience. That's <laughs> part of this book. And I, the, but it, do you, there is a part in this book where she talks about training girls how to give blowjobs. Do you remember yes, that? On hot dog wieners. Yes. And I I'm was like, like what? no, no, no. No, nobody needs that. And why would you waste hot dogs? Yeah. Just eat the hot dog, Pam. Just grill it. Low mustard. Low relish. Nice yep. bun. Eat it. Great bun. Let's nobody go. Nobody needs to get blown. Just eat the hot dog. Yeah. Also, like, let's just eat a hot dog and let's see if we like this person before we learn how to doctor their wiener. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you. Um, no, so she does. So she does say a lot of this. So at least we have. The, we didn't have it in the book where she was like, disclaimer. Oh my god! I after reading this, I decided that was children. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, shouldn't I have, have told. Shouldn't have have given a a. A performance on a hot dog of how to give a blowjob to 13-year-old girls. But I did it. Frank Zappa hired me as a nanny. (laughs) I have reformed my ways. I have reformed my methods. I love children. Not like that, though. All of these men talked about in this book, okay? Disgusting. Waylon Jennings, Keith Moon, um, every single one of them, the most normal person out of all of these, the most decent human being... Fucking Frank Zappa. Oh, yeah. He sounds wonderful. He so- he sounds like a truly wonderful human being. That I, Yeah. I, like, you, you've got all of these. There's like, you know, there is like, there's Mick Jagger and Jimmy Page and Robert Plant and all of these people. And Frank Zappa, normal family dude, not yeah. going wild. Not going wild at all. I want to learn more about Frank Zappa now, but one person that I want to learn the most about is fucking Bummer Bob. Do you remember Bummer Bob? <laughs> He's the guy that, like, invented being called, like, a bum in Haight-Ashbury area. Um, oh. So he, like, invented hitchhiking and, like, being a bum, right? But I want to know everything about Bummer Bob. But then in the podcast, uh, she reminded me, I think that they were talking, no, they didn't talk about this in the book. She was like loosely acquainted with Charles Manson. Oh yes, he. So she did talk about Bob, this in the book. Bobby the bum. So I have this in here. Yeah, bummer, Bob, Bob. Yeah, Bobby the bum ended up being Bobby Bosley, who was the, a Manson killer. Oh my God, Bob. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. She's I forgot like, about this. She said she watched she watched him do like an interview or something, and she's like, I don't remember that look in his eyes of having no remorse and just pure evil. He was really nice to her. Yeah, she like loved Bummer Bob. So I want to know where it all went wrong. I want to watch him in the whole like Charles Manson thing. But I was comforted in knowing that at least Miss Pamela had fucking standards and she wasn't just going to go for anybody who was like good at music. She wasn't like, oh, Charlie was pretty good. I couldn't like talk to so-and-so. So I guess I just hung out with Charlie. Like she never hung out with Charles Manson and she could have totally no. been, she could have totally been somebody to hang out with Chuck's. And uh, she decided not to. So good for you, Pam. She did good decision. She she did not. Um, Pamela kept her. She I, I think she started on the like actually in like the groupie scene at like sixteen. Yeah, 15 like fifteen or, or sixteen. She said sixteen, and she held on to her virginity until she was nineteen. Oh, like, she was very. In the whole book, I've never thought about the word virginity. Yeah, I have not thought about the word hymen ever, and I no? heard it like forty-five times in this book. Yeah. She was obsessed with making sure that everybody understood she wanted to keep her hymen intact. And I was like, hey, Pam. Intact. Yes. Yeah. I was like, Pam, we got it like 12 pages ago. I heard it. I understood it. (laughs) Please stop saying it. (laughs) I will remember that. And if you bring up something else, I'd be like, well, it's important to her to keep her hymen intact. Like, I (laughs) totally, like, I will reference that forever because I've never heard that sentence. I've never, maybe I should, Chrissy, I've never talked to you about this, but was it important to you to keep your hymen intact? I didn't know that my friends should have these standards or that I myself should. I I didn't know either. And also, I I mean, Pam, it's all right, girl. Like, it's, it's all right. It's. You you might have broke it. I I feel like hymens get broken by things other than sex. Like I yeah, mean, we you all, could get your hymen tell, broken falling. Tell tell me, Sarah, and and the and the the playgrounds that we grew up on and oh, how yeah. fucking dangerous they were. Tell me you didn't have a quote pull up bar end quote that uh what that you we all indiscreetly called the crotch killer because you would like sit on it and then yeah. spin around. So like I mean we. I think we did it ourselves, which... We've done a number of things. <laughs> <laughs> a Is number it... of things. I, I don't... Yeah. I don't, I don't think we... I don't, I don't know that I escaped childhood with organs intact. Let's be honest. I'm shocked I'm living. Mostly. Yeah. It's fine. But anyway... It's a surprise every day. Every day that I wake up is a surprise. Yeah. Wow. I wake up... And you know what, though? Okay, so first of all, I love the affirmations, like the little things that she used to do before bed, otherwise she'd never meet Paul, because she ended up meeting Paul. So She met all of the Beatles. She met all of, of the Beatles. She met she met Paul, and it's because of her ritual. Yeah. So maybe we should have a ritual and have, a fart list. Yeah, we have to have a fart list. We have to do our, our fart curse um, and a fart list, and it works. It works. She, yeah. met, she met all the Beatles, and she met... Um, I think she met George Harrison two two or three times. Yes. And he's my favorite Beatle, and he continues to be my favorite Beatle. Um, yeah, I love George. Following this book. And, my uh, sweet love. He's, George Harrison's the fucking best. And do you yeah. want to know a story that's going to make you relate to him even more? Of course. You're going to love it. I'm always so, looking for moments the, where I can feel closer to George Harrison. You are, you are going to feel so much closer to George Harrison after this story. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a famous story. Um, oh, of the recording sessions which sparked the rumors that the Beatles were breaking up because of Yoko Ono, 
right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're having recording sessions and they're doing they're doing recording. Um, and I think they're staying where they're recording, and Yoko Ono is staying there too. So George is in the studio, and they were all very particular about their snacks. And they, it was a it was a very it was a very serious thing to each of the Beatles. They all had their own snacks and their own things. Yeah. Um, and George is in the booth, um, recording. And Yoko Ono walks out, who I think she was sleeping, so I think she's probably like wrapped in a comforter, and takes George's snacks, which were like chocolate digestives um, <laughs> or cookies, and from the studio he screams, "Bitch!" and <laughs> That is what apparently what sparked the breakup is that that bitch <laughs> ate his fucking cookies. And tell tell me a more relatable thing than you being like, that's the last fucking straw. That's the last fucking straw. That stupid bitch ate my fucking cookie and I've had it. I'm done. And that is why we are George Harrison fans in this household. Thank you. Do you like do you like him more now? I love him more now. Wow. I am speechless. What a beautiful man. Yeah. Bitch. Scre- screams. <laughs> Bitch. Because <laughs> in a very serious tone. Because she stole his cookies. And you know Did what? Did she steal the cookies and then do like the week in bed thing? So like what if they had like photos on the magazine of like some cookies in bed with them when they did that whole week in bed <laughs> naked? And George just, it's like a very famous I- image. And George is like, oh, those are my cookies. Cookies. <laughs> those are my cookies. I'll never forgive her. Poor George. I'm going to have to look at that picture now to make sure there's no cookies. Cookie sweep. But um, okay. So, and then also on this podcast, because what she talks about a lot is, I would say that, I mean, Chrissy, you remember being a teenager. I remember being a teenager. There was a level of desperation that all of us had um, as teenagers. And shut the fuck up. Look at yourself in the mirror. All of us had a level of desperation about something. We were all pathetic losers as teenagers. And we should give new teenagers some grace. <laughs> Listen, I I am continually humiliated by my own brain. Okay, my uh, my own brain will interrupt my daily programming on a regular fucking basis with shit that I did as a teenager yeah. or in in my twenties, and I'd be like, oh, I mean, that- so embarrassing. I, I I should I shouldn't be allowed in public. This is this is a I- fucking atrocity. I am surprised that I have not been smitten, um, just like besmote, just, I mean, from the <laughs> heavens, taken out, um, whatever you want to say. Um, I am just surprised. I'm like, wow. Like, I feel like I'm on borrowed time after There's... thinking about some of the stuff that I complained about when I was a teenager or like last week. I don't, yeah. The balls <laughs> that this, the, the balls that it would take. So this woman, like, yeah. I, props to her to yeah. publish shit that she wrote at the age of 16 to 26. I, I cannot fucking believe it. I, oh, yeah. I, if you, if you knew me, like, if you knew me no. five years ago and we haven't communicated regularly since, you don't know me. That yeah. woman is dead. I killed her. She's buried yeah. somewhere out back, okay? I yeah. that is not a person that exists anymore. We've never met. I'm real yeah. sorry. Any memory you have of me, I throw a funeral for it, babe. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, no. No. In lieu of flowers, please leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Show up with, with a New Orleans jazz band, throw yep. her a funeral. Her time's done. She's out of here. The time Wait, what does he say? The time to 
da 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 da. We didn't do a break on through. So, I was gonna do Jim Morrison because whenever Pam talks, we're doing Light My Fire. Yeah, what I'm doing. The time to hesitate is through. No time to wallow in the mire. Sarioki is back, everybody. Sarioki was back in this book. Sarioki was back in this book. She- Fucking. Pam sang, and she's just like me, too. So, you know, it's crazy. Every time that something reminds me of a song, I must sing it. And so Pam would do that, too. And she has a thing where she, like, you know, associates songs with people or, like, moments. Like, she'll, like, she'll tell you what lesson she's learning through. Like, she'll just be like, you know, so I did this, and then, you know, this person did this, and to everything, turn, turn, turn. She was, like... Big karaoke girl. She was a She karaoke. loves karaoke. Yep. Me and Pam, we're going to be karaokeing. <laughs> I'll get a machine, Pam. I'll get a machine. I guess I could probably, uh, I mean, she's she's familiar with podcasts and YouTube and stuff, so I prob- we could probably get her. Yeah. We'll we have are. like a party with Pam. We like Pam. We're not saying anything. We're not. Ooh, she is a wedding officiant. Yes. <clears throat> so I could, I could, maybe I could say tell James that we're going to renew our vows and fucking Pam's gonna do it. Uh, can I be the so flower can... girl? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, no question. <laughs> no question. You didn't even have to, like, I'm surprised that you asked. Like, of course you're the flower girl. What do you mean? Yeah, thank you. I mean, I just wanted to make sure. It was just <laughs> just double checking. Yeah. Um, but on her YouTube channel, so not only does she, like, read all of her diary entries in this book, on her YouTube channel, she reads some of her poetry from when she was a teenager. And I was like, oh, Pam. I would never do this. (laughs) Pam, I do not want to visit that woman. I don't want to talk to her. (laughs) Pam, if something happens where, like, if I'm feeling, like, real pissy and, like, something, it was a couple months ago and something popped up and I was like, that is teenage Sarah. We mustn't ever visit that emotion ever again because I don't want to talk to her. Like I'm avoiding her like the plague. Don't read these journal entries. Mm -mm. Have somebody find them in a thrift store and they'll be like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. I love this woman. And then you'll be the most. But Donate it like a yearbook to the thrift store for Sarah to find it and make it a hobby. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I want. Although, okay, Chrissy, can I tell you something? The yearbook that I found the other day I'm gonna get all choked up. the the girl The girl from it, she was the salutatorian, yes. salutatorian at high school at her high school, and everybody kept calling her a swell gal, and everybody only had nice things to say to her. They were like, "You're so smart. Of course you're gonna make it." Like you know, da da da. But then there was this one woman. Her name was Merle Dean, and Merle Dean was just talking about like how. This girl Marjorie like talked too much, and it's a wonder that you got salutatorian with how much you talk and like blah blah blah. I was like Merle Dean, Merle, Merle Dean, yeah. What the fuck? And as a person who everybody always made fun of me for talking a lot and talking very fast, I say to all of you who think that, fuck off. Yeah, nobody fuck you. cares. Merle, yeah. you shady bitch. Fuck you. Yeah, Merle you Dean. You seem like the type of person that would steal George Harrison's chocolate digestives. That's we don't fucking need to hear right, any bitch. More from you. Yeah, Merle. we don't want to hear from you, you party pooper, because you're pooping at the party because you ate George's digestive cookies. <laughs> That's what you did. We didn't do that for you. You did that. But anyway, um, her. so I was like looking at that, and then I found something online, and it was about how her and her husband 
Like her husband apparently loved her so much. He wrote poems about it. And I, and I was like, what a beautiful woman. And this was just in a vintage store. That's so nice. I know. So I bought some of their poetry. See, this is a good hobby. Yeah. I mean, it's a little weird because I was like obsessively trying to figure out. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. It was a little. I was, I was doing the rituals. You farted. I was. You farted. I. I you would. Know I farted we at should, Merle Dean. We should Merle. fart curse Merle. Yeah. Merle Dean. Fart Every time Merle I Dean. fart. Yeah, we're going yeah, to. Merle that's Dean. it. You fuck fart, you, you, Merle Dean. Fuck you, Merle Dean. It's the fart curse for you. <laughs> I love it so much. It's so amazing. Yeah. So, um, okay. She's reading her poetry in this YouTube series. She's giving you tips on how to blow a job. She's also saying that it's not, if you think of it as a job, then it's not fun. She's telling you you should appreciate it because it's something fun. A blow job? Yeah. And I was like, oh, Miss Pamela. Mm. Fun for whom? I don't know. I guess it's supposed to be fun, but like if somebody doesn't like to do it, I'm not going to I would never force someone. Yeah. I mean, I I guess we all have our own definition of like, you know, a, a rockin' good time and a, a fun time. Yeah. So, sure, Pam. Sure, Pam. I'm so happy for you. You're giving up tips and trips, tricks and whatever. Um, I will say she looks great for her age. She's in her 70s now, yes. Yeah, she looks wonderful for her age. Um, and also, I wanted to um, I wanted to say, I think I would recommend people to read this book just because don't look at it like a confessional, like it's not going to be what you want it to be. But it is a weird voyeuristic look into this tiny little world it, from this woman. Yes. I, I would yeah. say that with... With some trigger warnings of the, the mm. fact that there there is there's definitely there's, sexual child there's exploitation. There's so much sexual child exploitation. Yeah, that I I had a hard time getting past, and I had to t- I genuinely yeah. had to take breaks reading this. Yeah, because it was it was challenging for me to like accept that because it like it is to me that like that is such like a revolting, oh horrible thing to put and, on paper, and to mention it Ooh. and just so casually like it just and I understand that it did happen casually, but it just seems unacceptable either yeah. way. Also, the '60s were rapey yeah. as fuck. She, yeah. she herself. So she, she does somewhere. She's talking about other people, but she herself was subjected to some shit. Like, yeah, she was subjected to some real shit. Um, that is, I mean, borderline. It's harassment, assault yeah. on some levels. Yeah, and even she did. Like, I love I, I, Marlon Brando. That thing. Oh my god. <laughs> The Marlon Brando thing is fucking wild to me. And I, I, I would like to know. I don't know exactly how long it went on. So You guys should have seen Chrissy's face as soon as I said Marlon Brando. It was like. It, <laughs> the, the Marlon Brando thing to me was truly fucking wild. Like it was it was the wildest thing that I've read where she she got Marlon Brando's phone number or like his message service they all had message services by the way so like yeah all of these, like, like don this, draper don draper they like you would call and leave a message with somebody's girl so like she she got his her her friend 
worked for his message service. Um, so she got his number that way. And she was calling and leaving him all of these, like, ex- she has never met him, by the way. She was no, calling and all. leaving him all of these explicit, insane messages. And then at some point, she doesn't name him by name. There no. was a French actor that lived with Marlon Brando. So she fucked that that actor in Marlon Brando's bed when yes. he wasn't home. And then sniffed all of Brando. She went through Marlon Brando's shit and sniffed all of his clothes. And she wrote this and published it. And then she didn't say, like, hey, reader, it's been several years since this. And I realize now that is not normal. No, yeah. And then it, it like that that ended by this is. Yeah. And honestly, anything you hear about Marlon Brando, like gen, genuinely, he um, he does not make he did not make a lot of sound decisions. He, and he did some no, shit no, in no, his no, day. No, right. No, no. She yeah. was also she got his his address and she was mailing him either semi nudes or full nudes. So she started mailing him letters and poetry and semi nudes and full nudes. And then finally, she went to see a movie and then called him after to like leave him a message that she was horny for him and he fucking picked up the phone and oh my god and then she hung up and then he called she called back and he's like pamela so he knew who she was because she's yes. leaving him insane messages sending him all this shit and he's like pamela and she's like i'm just dying to meet you and she gave him like this huge pr- proposal and he's like yeah we shouldn't meet we shouldn't yeah meet. we're not gonna um, meet at all this should it should never happen it, that is it is unhealthy for us to meet and also if you need all the answers to stuff you need to look to yourself and i was like oh shit so like marlon brando like like mentored gave, gave her like a yeah a, a kind some kind guidance that, like, that's, that's impressive. The, that's the nicest thing that anybody could needed to do for her anyway yes and he could have absolutely been terrible like i mean given his previous everythings but yeah. like at least he did the right thing with pam he did i, I but may, that's maybe the type of like, shit I've that's the your, type I've of seen shit your titties you've been sending me your titties for a while the least i could do is answer this phone and be like uh hey babe why don't you just go to go to go to therapy <laughs> oh i'm sorry pam hello <laughs> just talk to a therapist i'll pay god. i'll pay please please oh god but yeah so pam pam i think um now she is, uh, she calls herself a Christian and a Buddhist, um, and okay, and um, that's, that's, I guess that's what I'm going to say about that, and um, she is doing, like, book tours and stuff, like, she's she doing- She writing? She does writing workshops, um- and I mean, it seems like she's kind of doing all the stuff. Like, I'm glad that she is not some nameless person. You know what I mean? Like Cameron Crowe made Almost Famous kind of about, her, you know, about her um, or at least added her life into the um, thing. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know, I think yeah. that she deserves to tell her story. Um it's you know she's interesting. I think she's yeah. interesting. Um, I think she has a story. I think that um, it it is truly memoirs. You get a lot of insight yeah. on her relationship, and I I honestly think she does love a lot of these people. And yes, she, did, she does. She did form relationships because I listened to a podcast today. She had a podcast that um, it was like in 2019 
that is Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party. And she did, I listened to an episode Love today that. that was her and Nick St. Nicholas. So Nick St. Nicholas um, was in Steppenwolf. He was in a number of bands. Um, but she did a podcast with him in 2019. And they she lost her virginity to him when she was 19. So like they, yeah. she maintained a relationship with these people. And she sa- she says that if she had love for them at one point, she wants she wanted to honor that throughout her life, which I think she oh, and she definitely I. does. Yeah, she um, in twenty twenty two that podcast episode that I was watching today, they're like, you know, what's one word that you would describe Frank Zappa? And she's magical. Like she just like had nothing but like ethereal, beautiful things to say about each of them. Like with Keith Moon. That it was like, what song would you associate with him? And she said, Tears of a Clown. Like, it was just so beautiful the way that she honors these men that she, like, she really does love them. Like, she she appreciates them and she loves them. She does. Um, Yeah. We did learn some things about some men that I don't think I ever needed to know. No. Um, Yeah, I know. Also, also just brief interruption to say Merle Dean because I just farted. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) but the, there was a, um, a a piece about Jimmy Page aside from the, the whole, you know, 13 year olds thing. Um, apparently Jimmy Page was into like bondage and S&M because he had like a suitcase full of whips and he's like, don't worry, I won't use them on you. And then she's like, I don't know where Jimmy is. He's probably tying up women all across America. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, hey Pam. Um, then maybe we should like notify someone if that's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> should we talk to someone about you, that or no? Like, what's that? Where does our responsibility start and end? There's that. She says that. Um, she said that this is like the men that she was that she was totally fine with it. That her husband, who she ended up marrying and divorcing, Michael Debar, um, gave her scabies. Yeah. And she was like, oh, cool, that's fine. She's Go not even sure. mad at him for that. Like, she's like, yeah, he gave me scabies, man. It was groovy. It's like, no. No, what? Let's uh, be mad at somebody about something. Like, I want to know one thing that she gets mad at. I got to talk to her about he, it. He gave me scabies, but I didn't care. Um, mm, yeah, not, I, it's, I would at least care. Maybe I won't, like, judge him forever for it, but, like, I would care. It's an inconvenience at the very most. There were There were several you know, horrifying lines in this book, um, including one where she's talking about when she, when she hooks up with Michael Debar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was dating a, an actor named Lane Caudell before. And she said that Lane wouldn't come near me when I had my period. And Michael turned into Dracula. Yeah. That was and then wild. Gave you scabies. <clears throat> and she didn't care. But so the podcast that I watched today was called rock is lit podcast. Um, and the host asked um, Pam, what is your go-to music for house cleaning? And she says that she listens to Dylan, and she will tell Alexa to play 60s, 70s, 80s Dylan. And that's what she kind of does for housework. She loves Bob Dylan. She prefers a vinyl in, in her choices of CDs, vinyl, or cassettes. She likes to listen to and read books. Doesn't matter. She could be listening to a Kindle audiobook, um, you know, physical copies, whatever. And um, her Desert Island album, assuming that there is a record player and power on the island, is Bringing It All Back Home by Dylan. So, Chrissy, before we say our parting goodbyes to our friends, what is your go-to music for house cleaning? For house cleaning? Yeah. Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I feel like you need to get, like, really in the zone for house cleaning. 
Yeah. I don't. I don't know that I listen to a lot of music while house cleaning. Um, I listen to, I'm wearing a hoodie right now that says Born Sick. I listen to an absurd amount of Hosier. Um, so I would, I would, I would call that my desert island um, oh. music. If I had to take like one library with me to a desert island, I would, I would want the last thing I heard to be the sounds of Andrew Hosier. Um, what oh, would beautiful. Be, Sarah? Well, I have a couple of selections because um, with my anxiety, I really enjoy cleaning because it's something that I can control. Um, so what I will listen to sometimes, I will listen to like the classic vinyl station, station because I love Rachel Steele. Um, I love <laughs> Rachel Steele. Um, hi, I'm Rachel Steele. <laughs> it's, Bob, it's Bob Dylan's birthday, everybody. Hey, Mr. Got a great hey, voice for it. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. Happy birthday, Dylan. <laughs> love you so much, buddy. Like I just love Rachel Steele so much. I love her. Um, and so I, I like to listen to classic vinyl, but I will also listen to Jimi Hendrix or like Rolling Stones or something because it's very upbeat and at least I can get through it. Yeah. Another thing yeah. that I will listen to is either the, the Titanic soundtrack or the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, the instrumental if I want it to feel dramatic and or epic. <laughs> I, 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 I think like I, I get like hyper fixations and some of yeah. them are really fucking weird. So this ties into you know our chat about Big Bird and George Harrison, who is Cookie Monster. Um, yeah. My my most recent one that I played over and over and over again is I found um, a metal version of the Muppet song. There's no... <gasps> There's no words. It's just the Muppet theme song in metal. And I'm like, I am fucking here for this. And I think I've listened to it 155 times. Wait, Wait, hold on. Do you remember when we would listen to Story of My Life over and over? (laughs) (laughs) It's the only One Direction song I've ever listened to. It's a great song. It was because Chrissy was like, this is my current obsession. Like, she's like, I have to listen to it like 35 times. And I do. Like, I have yeah. to. It's, it's a great song. I, I get hi- hyper fixated on things and I have to listen to it. Like, yeah, I have to listen to it until I can't hear it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I have and no I way have, of knowing what that's going to be. Like around Thanksgiving, I have to listen to Arlo Guthrie's um, <clears throat> at Alice's Restaurant. Yes. I have to listen to that. And then. Around Hanukkah, I have to listen to Fiddler on the Roof. I have to. That's like part of my holiday ritual. So I have to listen to Fiddler on the Roof. And then I have to listen to the Christmas songs. But it has to be the ones like from when I was a kid. Otherwise, my brain doesn't like it. Like there was like a like a Kelly Clarkson Christmas song on that kept coming. And I was like, no, 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 no. Where's Burl? I will listen to I will listen to Kelly Clarkson another day. We love Today, you, Kelly, but I need Bing. Brenda right now. You bring me Brenda, and you play rocking around the Christmas tree until maybe, I can't take it. Maybe we'll have some fucking pie. <laughs> and maybe not. Kelly, get your fucking ass out of here right now. I need Brenda, and then I will talk to you. I bet I need Brenda. Yes. Kelly, I love you. Maybe you can do rocking around this, the Christmas tree. No, you know she what? Has. I want I want Kelly Osborne to do rocking around the Christmas tree because she'll say maybe we'll have some fucking pie, <laughs> and that's what I want. As a, I'm sorry, as the first follow up to Papa Don't Preach, you want rocking yeah. around the Christmas tree? Papa Don't Preach, I'm rocking around the Christmas tree. Papa Don't Preach, <laughs> 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 
Sarioki is back. Sarioki is back where she's writing songs now. She's a song composer. It's a mashup. Um, we we love the Osbournes, by the way. We are yes. all for bringing them back in every capacity. They have a podcast. Yeah. They do have a podcast. I just love, I never realized that Ozzy was the dad that we all deserved. Ozzy was a great dad. He's a weird one, but he's exactly the one that I think that Pamela DeBar needed. She got she got a good dad. I think she liked her dad. Yeah, he seemed fun. He was fine. But anyway, so I I would like to I would like to leave you with um a couple stories about Keith Moon. Oh our, yes, please. Yes, please. We must baby. we must pay homage to Mr. Keith Moon. So Keith Keith Moon who died an untimely death. Um I think he was 31 or 32. Um, yeah. he, in 1978, he overdosed in a hotel room by himself. Um, but he was a, a tortured soul. At some point in his lifetime, um, he had, um, I think he was on some substances and yep. he was in a car that somehow ran over one of his roadies and killed them. Um, and in, in the criminal courts of things, he was relieved of all charges, um, yeah. but he never forgave himself for that and kind of felt like he should have either been punished or dead. So yeah. he was a troubled soul. And um, we're sorry, Keith, that you had so much trauma, but he was also fucking hilarious. Because yeah, there are he was so stories. funny. One... One is a story with Pamela. He, the man was kicked out of every hotel in Los Angeles. So yes. he, he goes to a hotel with like his one little roadie that goes with him everywhere. And he's in like a long red cloak. And they convince the hotel that Keith is a count from a country that they've doesn't exist and they've never heard of. So they get the hotel room. They're in like some presidential suite. They're like, <laughs> oh, my God, go up here. And Keith repays them for allowing them in his hotel by, um, I don't know if it was on the hotel property, but by uh, acquiring a massive box of tied um, detergent and finding a large scale uh, public fountain and dumping the fucking tide in it and then running back to the hotel room and watching as Sud shot up 100 feet in the air all over the fucking street, all over traffic, stopping traffic. And then I, I'm like, this man is amazing. I'm going to look up this prank. And when I looked that up, a Rolling Stone article came up about shit that he had done, which includes um, a reoccurring pranks uh, was by disrupting small British villages by blaring bogus muse, uh, bogus public service announcements from a passing car. So he'd be on a bullhorn shouting <laughs> out that there was like tidal waves coming or poisonous <laughs> steaks, snakes. Or what they were, um, he he was legitimately insane. They had one thing where they he like would stage all of these like skits in public. He like yeah. There was like one where they went into a department store um, and pulled a they like were ordered testing the a pair of pants and pulled the leg off of the pants and then somebody came in and he's like I would love a one legged pair of trousers and bought the pa-. like all of this shit. This man was incredible. He um, used to. Uh, Absolutely, I think torture the opening band on um, on one of their tours, um, which they're <laughs> they they had um, heard the opening band. The guitarist was Peter Frampton, who never got shit on, but like the keyboardist, he would um, wire in firecrackers into the keyboard, oh, so like the, he would go out and start playing, and then their firecrackers would start fucking exploding. He like like he was rigged- such a menace. He rigged the gong of the drum set, so every time the drummer went to hit the gong, he would pull it away. It like, they, he, 
I love this man. And yeah. I'm sorry his life was so short because he was entirely, it was cut we, too short by the we, pure entertainment of the him. We were robbed of many, many years of Keith Moon <laughs> that we could be enjoying. Um, Chrissy, I just thought of something that you would appreciate. Um, this the bullhorn thing reminded me of when we were at the grocery store, me and James, and there was somebody doing like a demonstration. Oh, he's probably going to hate that I said this, but it's fine. Um, they were doing like a demonstration <laughs> or something, and they made like a cheesy joke. And we were over, like, you know, across the, the store from them. And James just goes, boo. Like, he's just, like, he's booing this, like, cheesy joke. and Because it was, like, really bad. And then. I'm sorry. He's heckling sample ladies at, yes. a, yeah. at a grocery well, store. Well, it was, I think it was some, like, man, I don't know what it was. But it was, like, a demonstration for something. And James is absolutely heckling. <laughs> and we had to come back. Because we went to the other side of the store, and then we were like, oh, fuck, we forgot to get blah, whatever. So we go back, and the guy made that same joke again with a different, like, audience. And James goes, he did that joke in the early show. And he was like, just <laughs> so upset and offended that this joke was being told one and then being retold. He's like, no, we deserve better. Like, Get he was new like, material, you fucking losers. Yeah, that he, told the, he, he said, he goes, write new material. Like, and he was like, I was like, James, <laughs> this is crazy that you're doing this. But I got to say, I really love it. It makes me smile every time I think about it because he believes so deeply that you should at least have a funny joke for your presentation at the grocery store. <laughs> Please take your, take your fucking job seriously. Yeah, as a grocery store demonstrator of your bagel bites and write some content. Yes, let's go. Make it fresh. Come on, we deserve this. <laughs> write a but, joke. Yeah. So I, I I appreciate that my husband can I I can see that my husband has some Keith Moon uh, <laughs> sim- similarities. But so I would recommend that if you're interested in this type of thing to read this book. If you're not really all that interested, eh, it's fine. Like, I mean, I don't think you, you're not going to, if anything, you'll you'll hear about Keith Moon. If, if you're interested in this this time of history, so if you're interested in this time of history, she's got a lot of crossover. There's obviously, there's um, Jim Morrison, so there's some, you know, some doors in here. There's yep. Noel Redding, so you've got some Jimi Hendrix experience. She obviously, you know, had her... Um, whole tryst with Jimmy Page, um, yep. which was long, you know, kind of a, had some longevity. Um, so that you've got Led Zeppelin. She uh, she slept with Mick Jagger on multiple occasions. So you've got Stones. Um, she had some Beatles encounters. She did Way- like had some um, encounters with. She had she had Waylon Jennings. She thought was her only one night stand, and then she went back for a round two and got Waylon on a round two. Um, she uh, had a an. A, relationship with Don Johnson. There's a lot of things that happen in here that if you're interested oh. in that time period. And um, she also has boyfriends that aren't famous too. Like, you know, not like rock stars or anything like that. Like she has some like people that she goes out with. So it's kind of interesting that she is able to go out with, you know, someone that's like she just loves people. That's yeah. what's so weird. Yeah. So I I think that she's if you're interested in that type of era you know, 1960s there. She's also part. She also shares stories about being in the GTO and the GTOs. Um, yep. And yeah, I mean, if you're if you're interested in that, it's an interest. And you and you think of it as a memoir instead of as a confessional. It's it is not it is not like um, a scathing review. No. with like secret tales. It's, it's no, no, no. Her first person account of her life that intersected with all of these people. 
And all she needs to do is make a fake thing that says like something about how one of them had like a micro penis or whatever, like Britney Spears's book, because then we can have everybody believe it about like somebody. the micro penis tweet. We'll we'll do a yeah. micro penis tweet and that'll be it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, maybe we could do that, but um, I mean, as described, I'm with the band. I wish that it was called Memoirs of a um, a Groupie instead of Confessions of Gene Simmons. Mind your business. Um, and, uh, I thought it was like, fine. I mean, I don't need to read the other two. I feel like I get it. I like Pam. I'm friends with her, but I'm ready to move on to Twilight. I'm ready to move on to Twilight as well. My only recommendation, I would also recommend reading it if you're interested in that time period. Um, but my strong recommendation, extremely strong recommendation Mm. is that if you're going to listen to the audio book, skip the introduction by Dave Navarro. Mm. Disgusting. He's he is a fucking pig. Like absolutely, don't listen to disgusting. it. Disgusting. So don't listen stupid. to it. It is a yeah. waste of your time. Go straight to Pam. Yeah, just go straight to Pam. We love Pam. You can skip the forward. It's fine. Hey, you know what, Sarah? You know what? What? Fart curse, Dave Navarro. Yep, we're putting it out there. Every time you fart, everybody, you have to say Dave Navarro, and fart you have to say both of them. I can't effect. be Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Mercury isn't in retrograde. Okay. Our farts are. So. The girlies are in fartrograde and we are <laughs> farting and cursing you. Your days are numbered. I like this. I like that we're going to be doing this now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you should read it if you're interested in that stuff. If you're not all that interested in it, that's fine. Um, let's get to some real teenage diddle fodder. Yeah, Twilight. Twilight written by Justin Timberlake's mom, Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> and... <laughs> Tune in next time for oh. the stirring tale of who we are cursing with our farts next time. Absolutely. And then, also, speaking of Justin Timberlake, Stream Selfish by Britney Spears. This evening, he's got a new song that came out, and it's called Selfish, and it just turns out that Britney also has a song called Selfish. Really? And the, the girlies are all playing the song Selfish from, like, 2011 to... I did not know this. Yeah, we have to do it. So, Stream Selfish... And then we're going to read Justin Timberlake's mom's teenage diddle fodder memoirs. And uh, <laughs> we're going to be farting and cursing some weirdos. And until then, cheerfully it's yours. been our pleasure. Cheerfully yours. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go fuck yourself.